Welcome to a special edition of This Week in Missouri Politics at a special session of the Missouri General Assembly at the State Capitol. We are joined by Senator Dan Hageman from the great Northwest. Yeah. I'm proud to be here and I'm proud to represent the uh, 15 rural counties of uh, great Northwest part of the state. I was going to be disappointed if you didn't call it the great yeah, Northwest part of the state. I'm pretty, pretty pleased with our area up there. Okay, so you are the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee. You, yes. you, took, you do the uh, budgeting for the, for the state Senate. So right now there's a thing called the FRA that most folks didn't ever talk about. Yeah. When you were here in your first stint as a House member, yeah. you voted for yeah. Wasn't a big deal. Uh, what is the FRA? What does it do for folks? What does it do for my buddy Ben Applenap up in Morris County? Well, what, what uh, the FRA is, is called the Federal Reimbursement Allowance. And what it does is basically fund our, our Medicaid program in the state of Missouri by a provider tax on hospitals, uh, ambulances, nursing homes, and pharmacy services. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it brings in uh, you know, about $1.5 billion that are matched by the federal government, about $4 billion in total with all of that. And that's how we uh, largely fund our, our Medicaid program in the state of Missouri. So right now, if you have a proud Putman County midget right up in Unionville, and they break their leg, if you don't pass this, is there going to be a hospital for that person to go to? Well, we sure hope so. Uh, but if know, you don't pass this... No, the governor's announced a number of withholds that he plans on doing to try to fill that gap, uh, which then impacts many other aspects of the budgeting process and many other entities that we budget for. You know, sometimes you hear folks say, oh, this is the most important election of life. This is the most important bill. And usually it's not, just by definition. Yeah. This might be the most important thing you do. This is a very important piece of legislation that we really need to get done, and that's why we are in a special session, because we're not, we weren't able to get it accomplished during regular session. So you've handled these bills. You moved one out of committee. Now, just so everybody knows, we're taping this Friday we, to get it in the can. It's the, the, the actual bill will be perfected today, okay. sometime, maybe tonight. You hope today, but maybe this evening. And maybe third read and, and passed tomorrow and sent to the House. We certainly hope so. You bet. Yeah. So there's language in Dedicated it. Dedicated to getting it done. Sure. It, it looks to me like everybody in this building says, we're getting this done. Not quite sure how you're going to get there. Right yeah. now, it, the bill, your bill that came out of committee has some language that deals with abortion. Can you give folks just the, the nutshell version of what you felt like needed to be in this bill? Well, we have a provision that Senator Whelan offered during the regular session that deals with uh, uh, the use of abortifacients. Uh, and and uh, trying to ban their, uh, the state of Missouri from paying for uh, abortifacients, drugs that are used to co- create abortions. Uh, so we've worked that language a little bit since Senator Whelan offered it in, uh, yeah. in the regular session, but that's part of the bill. And then there's another provision that deals with the uh, uh, Uninsured Women's Health Initiative that is solely funded by the uh, state government, by the state of Missouri. And uh, we have a provision on that that would allow... Uh, that would ban that from being utilized by abortion providers. So I've heard folks explain, I heard you explain this on the Senate floor. There was a court ruling where you, you kind of eliminated some of the funding for things like Planned Parenthood in the budget. We the court said you can't do that anymore. Right. So you got to find a different way to, to, to do that. I, and it's funny to me, you know, I watch your campaigns. Yeah. I watch folks that run for office. They run for office. Almost every Republican runs mm-hmm. on being staunchly pro-life. Sure. You pass out those little cards, right? I mean... Yeah. I don't recall you having the most competitive elections, but when you did go around and speak, you said you're pro-life. Well, I am. You Why know. would it surprise anybody yeah. that, a, that a group of folks run, all of them saying they're pro-life, right. a super, the, the citizens of Missouri elect a supermajority of those folks, then they're coming pro-life. It would yeah. be surprising if you weren't. Right. Yeah. But there's one, this is a unique situation. Now, I watched you set through a committee hearing that 
I don't think there's anybody that would have traded places with you yesterday for about two and a half hours. But there, there are folks that are uh, on the pro, pro-choice side that say there's a lot of actual provision, this that talk about birth control. Now, I would be surprised if anybody really was anti-birth control in the Republican caucus. Right. I don't pick that up. Do you? No, I don't either. And, and that's not what Senator Wheeler's language yeah. says. It, it is specifically designed for abortifacients, uh, drugs that cause, and for the purpose of causing abortions. So when you get home and you, uh, you go up to Tarkio and are visiting Blakehurst, you bet. and someone says, I read where there was some birth control stuff, what, what would you tell him or the, a lady that stopped you there in Tarkio and said, uh, is this true? What would you tell them you did here that, that made folks even concerned about abortion? Yeah, and I would say that uh, it, it does not deal with birth control. It does just deal with abortifacients and, and drugs that are used for that purpose. I, I think that's a mischaracterization uh, of Senator Whelan's amendment. Let's say somebody does come next session and they do want to limit access to birth control. I, I, I asked Senator Moon uh, when I interviewed him once, is, isn't there a monetary a good fiscal policy for this state to take folks that if you're on Medicaid, you're not rich by definition. Right. Given those folks' birth control probably is actually a, a, a good fiscal policy for the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a f- person isn't planning on having a kid and they, and they probably can't afford one, having access to birth control is probably something good for everybody in that situation, seems to me. Certainly a lot of folks would uh, agree with that statement, and as do I. I got a theory about some of these things. Some of these things you're doing... It, you know, the first time you were elected here, the Republicans were the minority, right? That's right. I served in the House in the minority the whole time, the 11 years I was there. When you left the House, uh, you could have wrote down some things you wanted to see the state do. Mm-hmm. Now, as you prepare to leave the Senate, yeah. almost all that list has either been done or tried, right? That's right. So yeah. you're running into some different things. Tell folks about the progress that's been made from the day you left the, the House till the day you're about to leave the Senate. The Republican Party has done so much of what they would want to do. The cupboard isn't bare, but it's close, right? Well, I mean, certainly we protected the Second Amendment and the yep. gun rights in the state of Missouri. Probably one of the strongest states in protecting those uh, privileges and, and not, rights, not privileges, rights in the state of Missouri. Uh, abortion services. You know, uh, when I was here in the House in the you know, early 2000s, when I left the House, um, there were a lot of abortion providers in the state of Missouri. Practically today, we don't have any abortions going on in the state of Missouri and most of the providers are not providing services anymore. So in my mind, that's a win as well. Um, and I think tax policy. I think now that we that we're able to, to look at tax policy and try to keep it a, a low-tax state, Missouri used to be in a low-service, low-tax state, and I think we still continue to be there. Uh, we need to take care of the infrastructure that we want to take care of uh, and, and certainly laud the governor in that effort and, and moving yeah. forward on infrastructure, on broadband expansion, on water resource expansion, uh, on, on highway and, 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 and roadway infrastructure. I mean, all th- great things, all mind conservative values. This is the things that state government needs to be doing, and I'm happy that we are doing those type of services. How's the state's economy doing? state's economy is doing great. And I will I honestly give Governor Parson a lot of credit on that. Uh, you know, he managed the state well. Uh, through this COVID situation, yeah. uh, you know, working with the local county governments and and and, and city governments uh, to ramp up and ramp down their con- their 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 businesses and their and their restrictions as needed, he kept businesses going. I mean, so we've done very well in the state of Missouri, and I I, I give a lot of the credit to Governor Parson. I'm really lucky. I get to go to places like Putman County one day, and then I'm in the city of St. Louis, and I have folks say, 
why won't Governor Parsons just make St. Louis open up? And I'm like, he doesn't do stunts. That's not who he is. Yeah. You'd see other folks, why won't he force a shutdown? But I think Governor Parsons, COVID was real. I mean, it you, was. You're, you're the first person I knew that, that had to struggle with COVID. It yeah. was a real thing. It was, yeah. it impacted, people died from it. Yeah. But it, maybe you can't shut society down over it. Right. And I thought he, he played that very well of mixing, I, I do too. taking COVID seriously. But not taking it so seriously that you cripple the state. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look yeah. at some of our neighbors, Illinois is, is crippled. Well, you look at the east and west coast where they just yeah. have crippled their economies. And, and then I expect the federal government to bail them out. And so uh, we did very well in the state of Missouri. So tell me about rural broadband. I think it's the every, it seems like every technological advance has drove folks to the cities. You bet. Rural broadband's the first real innovation that I think yeah. can allow people to go, if you want to live in Grant City and Worth County, it's hard to find a job. But if you have rural broadband, you can do all kinds of jobs right there, raise your family like you were raised. You bet, and I think the COVID situation accentuated that even more and, and showed how important rural broadband really is. And so uh, I have long been an advocate and supporter and, and a champion for rural broadband, getting it out there. We've got some great uh, uh, co-ops that are uh, moving forward in that direction. Also, mutual telephone companies that long yeah. ago uh, made the investment in their infrastructure, brought fiber to the home. Uh, and, and allow for rural broadband uh, to their customers. God bless them, love them. Uh, we need to continue that effort, move it across the state so that people can come home to Savannah, Grant City, uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, Princeton. You know, let, let's bring them all home, Grundy County and, 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 and uh, Trenton area, uh, moving forward on it. It's great. That's the kind of infrastructure investments that we need to be making. It is an amazing thing to think houses like mine that, you, that I grew up in that had a party line phone I used to torment I uh, Miranda Humphrey up the street. Her yeah. boyfriend's in call, and you could yeah. he's drop on the party line. That might have rule. That might have the broadband where you could do thousands of well-paying yeah. jobs on the same yeah. house that had that old party line back in yeah. the day. You know. Yeah. yeah. So we're really looking forward. I've actually got some communities that are looking to try to bring people home, but access to broadband is an imperative and very important in that process. This special session, uh, folks will be watching this on Sunday. Yeah. When they watch this. Will will their hospitals be safe? Will you pass this FRA? I am convinced we'll get an FRA done. Maybe a winding path, but you'll get one done? Yes, I'm convinced we will get it done. Let me ask you this next question. If you did do an FRA without any of this other language and session came back around, I have very seldom seen a serious pro-life initiative that wasn't adopted by the Missouri General Assembly. If they were to take this legislation and move it in a special session, it feels like if it's any kind of reasonable pro-life, it passes, right? We'll see. I mean, yeah, you bet. It, it, uh, and it's an effort. You know, the, the, the key on this is some folks are worried that it may violate, uh, uh, you know, the, the federal standards or this federal uh, Social Security code is some of the concerns. Uh, and then we don't gain anything. Let me ask you a follow-up here, though. Yeah. Let's say you do something, the federal government says you can't do it. Right. My assumption is you, Cody Smith, Mike Parson get in a room, and you're right back here passing a clean FRA? Well, we, we need to pass the FRA. And the, and the fact, in the past years, they've never been conjoined. I think they've well, not, they've always been, we've yeah. always done a clean FRA. And this year, we, uh, it was decided by some senators that they would, uh, you know, put the two together. I think what folks maybe want to know is you may try some things, you may, you may do some different stuff. But at the end of the day, you, Governor Parson, you're never going to let the FRA go away and hospitals close, right? You're going to protect that. We need to do that. You bet. Senator, I thank you so much for joining us. Hope you come it's back and uh, join us as we lead up to next session and talk about maybe the great things happening in the economy. You bet. That'd be great. 
be right back with our opinion maker panel. Senator Mike Moon will join us after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state. Helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Welcome back to Week in Missouri Politics, our special edition this week for a special session here at the Missouri Capitol. We are joined by Melanie Schwarzenegger. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. And Caitlin Schellen, there of the Missouri Times, who usually puts these shows together, right? Yes. <laughs> One less booking to make when you're the booking, correct? It's nice. It's like a vacation. It was the quickest confirmation you had for the show in a long time, I said. It was, yes. <laughs> and the gentleman of the Missouri Senate, Senator Mike Moon. Senator, the, we heard what the F4A was in the last segment. It's important for hospitals. Folks need it in Lawrence County, Butler County, all over. Why is it this year it's actually this big controversial thing that's going into special session and there's a deadline of high noon? What, what, is, the, what is the issue this year? Well, there are several. Uh, the potential of Medicaid expansion is one. And where's that money going to come from? Um, the Hyde Amendment, which uh, would prohibit the funding of abortion using federal dollars. Uh, the Biden administration is ignoring that amendment, so we need to perhaps intervene at the state level. And then the Missouri Supreme Court uh, ruled that Planned Parenthood cannot be defunded using the budget. So there was one other thing I, I noticed, and I did not. Senator Whelan, when he was on a few weeks ago, kind of outlining some of his issues with it. He said if you expand Medicaid, you have to accept the federal government's rules of family planning, which would include, I guess, some money for, for a lot of the things on his list. If you didn't expand Medicaid, you're right, you could maintain your own family planning. That's just something I didn't realize. Is that, is that how you understand it? Uh, well, I, um, I, I don't understand it that way necessarily. I, I believe um, in state sovereignty. I think that we need to, to um, tell the federal government where Missouri stands and what we think is best for Missourians. We need to fight for those issues. Well, sure. Right now, as it stands, the FRA passed every year. They call it a clean FRA. This year, it brings in a lot of the issues you work on every day. How real is it that a Hyde Amendment goes away? Well, what are the impacts of some of these things on Missouri? The, the Supreme Court ruling, how you can't kind of use these the budget for these things. What is the practical impact on those? Scott, I think the real issue is that what Republican extremists in the legislature like Senator Moon are trying to do is prevent people who need Medicaid for their health coverage from getting access to birth control. Birth control is used by 99% of sexually active women of reproductive age, and they shouldn't be discriminated against because of their income level or other identities. All right, Galen, there was a two and a half hour hearing yesterday. 
There's all sorts of people testified. Actually, mm-hmm. NARAL, Planned Parenthood, and Missouri Right to Life all testified on the same side of an issue, the, the first time for everything, right? They passed out the real bill, I guess, will be SB1 that will right. be discussed today. Uh, what is actually, what does the language say about birth control? So SB1 is the bill that includes both the FRA reauthorization as well as the, quote, pro-life language. Um, it includes a prohibition on abortion providers and their affiliates from being covered under this uninsured women's program, which, as was brought up yesterday and this week, Planned Parenthood already doesn't fall under that category. Um, now, when it comes to the birth control like birth control portion of it, there are certain drugs like Plan B or even IUDs that say they cannot fall under Medicaid coverage, quote, when an abortion, when, in, when inducing an abortion. Now, I think the question with that is, is what does that mean? What does when inducing an abortion mean? And it seems like there's some debate over that. Senator Moon, it, it's a, a cultural issue a lot of places. You know, the Catholic Church has some issues with birth control. Mm-hmm. I couldn't begin to tell you exactly what they are. That is not, that is not my field of expertise. But we're from Southern Missouri. Mm-hmm. I have never heard any teaching at church that I've been to that teaches against birth control. It would be my sense that most Republicans don't have a problem with birth control. I would say that's probably true. And uh, on the note of access, uh, last time I, I, I looked and remembered, most pharmacies, including Walmart, uh, carry birth control um, uh, uh, devices. And um, I don't know that anyone's prohibited from buying them. So, but why should the state have to provide it? Why should the should Medicaid have to provide those items? So, if I could address yeah. that, you cannot get an intrauterine device or an implant at a Walgreens, at a pharmacy. There are 18 FDA-approved methods of contraception, and people deserve access to their choice of all of them. No one's access to a kind of medical service should be dictated by what's not available. So using that analogy then, if I want a steak, but I can only afford a hamburger, should I get the steak? Do you think that a steak is equivalent to a basic reproductive health care that improves maternal a, health? I'm just using that as an analogy. No, you're being flippant no, because I'm not your either. goal is because to... Birth control is birth control. You can go to a Walgreens or uh, any other pharmacy and purchase basic Do birth control. Do you think that you can get a vasectomy at a Walgreens, Senator Moon? Did we? I can were we talking that about that? I, I can. Yeah. I can level for sure that that's not the case. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, though. The, the basic point of how mu- how many of these? I, I'm familiar that you have to have some medical procedures for some of these. Correct. It's not something you could buy. How much of that should the government be required to pay for? Well, right now, when there are federal or state-funded health insurance programs, they cover all the majority of health coverage, health care. And whether that's a choice of birth control or whether that's um, a vasectomy or wisdom teeth being removed, for the most part, they do not decide which care that you need. You and your provider decide that. But when you do, there is a finite amount of Medicaid dollars, right? So every time you spend a Medicaid dollar somewhere, it means you don't have it to spend somewhere else. Is the state required to provide all these? I assume some of these things that actually require medical procedure are more costly state, than something you buy. It is actually required to provide federal Medicaid requirements state that people need free and not coerced access to the birth control method of their choice. And need free choice of what provider they go to, which means providers have Planned Parenthood and it means access to all of the methods of birth control. Senator, is there not, though, a monetary argument for folks? I mean, it's not Scrooge and McDuck diving into gold bullion because he qualified for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Is there not an argument that the state's better off fiscally to provide folks that maybe aren't affluent, 
access to birth control. Well, I, th I think there is a, an argument that could be made from the fiscal aspect, but I think the fundamental argument is uh, we all have the ability to choose. And um, if we choose to have sexual intercourse with uh, another, uh, the opposite sex, and uh, there is a chance of pregnancy, uh, we, there are ways to prevent that. And the government really doesn't have to be involved in that choice. I'm, I'm with him a lot on the government ain't got to be involved in everything. You tell me, if you could write, if you were in charge of this, where would you draw the lines of access to birth control? Where would that stop as far as Medicaid? Because again, everybody in your heart wants to say, give everybody everything you can, but, but there, is a, there is a legitimate issue of you can only cover so many people. So every time you give someone a Cadillac plan, somebody else can't get a Chevy. If you could write this, your own, how imagine that, the NARAL person getting to write the Missouri statute, it's been a while since they've had the ability, but tell me, where would you draw these lines? So I think the lines are already there, and I think that Senator Moon just showed his hand to what this is really all about. This isn't about deciding who, this is about deciding who gets birth control or health coverage and who doesn't, and it's not about life, it's not about protecting life, it's about controlling people's sexual activity, and it's about using the right to life and bringing together um, his personal ideology and personal beliefs and implementing that on the rest of Missourians. What our laws say and what people should have access to in healthcare is the healthcare they need to live the healthy, the best and healthiest lives they can and to decide if, when, how, and with whom to start or grow their family so that they can live. I think it was Dr. Ruth, and I think she would agree with your particular side. I believe it was her, she that said that we should begin thinking with our minds and not with our pelvis. So we can control our bodies and our urges, and we're not animals, so we need to do so. Kaylin, we sit and watch these campaigns, right? And this is something that is, it, it, I chuckle sometimes to see some other journalists. Folks like Mike Moon do run on. He, he went to folks in southwest Missouri and talked about he was going to be a Christian conservative, which in southern Missouri means you're very pro-life. The, the public hears these arguments. They're very, for the vast majority of candidates, they, pro-life is one of the three things on their push card. And the voters overwhelmingly elect super majorities of folks that are pro-life. It shouldn't be surprising when they come to Jeff City and do the exact thing they said they were going to do all campaign. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think that it's been interesting to watch the debate this week between even Republicans saying who is pro-life and who isn't pro-life enough. That seems to be kind of a question this week. But, I mean, it is a Republican supermajority. There are Republicans here. It's, it shouldn't be surprising to see them no. doing something pro-life. Now, Senator Moon, I don't reckon there's one person in southwest Missouri that is surprised you are pro-life, staunchly pro-life, uh, and have values and ran on them and were elected overwhelmingly on them. But I don't think any Republican put birth control on their push piece. Abortion, yes. Birth control seems to be the place where this is taken that I don't remember a supermajority of anybody getting elected saying they want to limit birth control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't either. Uh, it, it's just that when a, a life has begun at the point of conception or fertilization, that's where I draw the line. Do you think there's an issue here? You have a Protestants that are generally pro-birth control, and you have Catholics that are more reserved, especially the church, mm -hmm. uh, strict Catholics. I'm not sure members of the congregation follow that, but, you know, is, is there an issue of where life begins? Is actually we're breaking it down to the minute point of it almost becomes down to Protestant Catholic lines. Perhaps so, and I'd have to look at their distinction, so I'm, yeah. I'm not totally familiar either. There was a doctor in committee that broke down this far more than I could understand. She lost me very early on. I'm sure the senators followed it much better than I did. 
But do you see where this is? I have never really thought when you talked about NARAL, reproductive is in the is in the title. It seems like it's hard in Missouri for you to compete when you have to talk about abortion. When you talk about birth control, I think that that seems to be the Republicans maybe going further than what their electoral mandate. I'm not sure you can get to the end of your electoral mandate on being pro-life. But on birth control, that's a different story. I agree, and I think that Senator Moon's Republican colleagues felt the same. We had uh, Senator Riddle saying that women need, use, and deserve access to birth control. We had Senator Searpoy saying that this is not a pro-life issue. We know that uh, birth control prevents a pregnancy. It does not end it. And it's not the same as abortion. And so what Republicans are doing are conflating birth control and abortion for are the opponents of this legislation conflating the same things, too, though? Is there not a... It seems to me like you have both sides, one wanting to do some birth control restrictions but not wanting to own it, and the other side wanting to make it that they're doing more than maybe they are. Is there a little politics at play maybe in this building? I think there's absolutely politics at play, but it is based on a disagreement over what is your personal belief and what is scientific fact. So, Senator Moon, there is a piece of legislation I've, always, I've thought was quite clever. I remember when Jeff Sean filed at Bank my House. You have, a, you have a piece of legislation that would tax endowments for folks that, well, what would they tax endowments if they do? Well, any university in Missouri that uses any of their uh, funds, wherever they might come from, to train physicians to do abortion on demand, their endowment would be taxed at 1.9%. And that would generate about? Well, for, well... <laughs> Let's say hypothetically wash you, baby. It could be, uh, well, there's particularly, I think there's about $8.5 billion, if I remember correctly, about $150 million. <laughs> you, you pay for a lot of Medicaid with that. That's right? a sizable sum. Yeah. So break it down. Wash you would be the place where they do train mm-hmm. doctors that could perform abortions. Right. And it's what it's pretty well aimed at. Mm-hmm. It has moved a little bit in the Senate, but I tend to think this is something you're going to come back to, if not in this special session, next year, Correct. Uh, I'll work toward it until we pass it or until I leave. Last question. When you look at folks, what would you say to folks, a candidate who is pro-choice, but probably can't win in Arnold being pro-choice? What do you say to those candidates? You'd want them to vote for Crystal Quaid, a pro-choice speaker, but they can't get elected. What is the messaging disconnect with, with this issue in Missourians? I think the disconnect is actually that there are a majority of Missourians who support access to reproductive health care without government interference. And it's not really about pro-choice or pro-life. When we get caught up in these ideological labels, it's actually about people want to be able to make personal decisions about their health care for themselves and their families. Maybe talk more about birth control than abortion. I, I think so, but I think we don't want to suggest we know people have abortions. We know that seven in ten support access to reproductive freedom and making that personal decision without Mr. Moon's opinion interjecting in their own health care and their own doctor's office. And people will connect to that issue. What we do want Senator Moon's opinion on is who won the week. So, Kaylin, who won the week? I would say Senator Searpoy and Senator Williams. I've been in this building all week, and I've thought that their arguments are, are different and interesting, and so it's made this week a little bit Senator Searpoy's on a bit of a roll, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Who won the week? Well, I'm going back uh, a few weeks now, and that would be uh, on the SAFA bill. I think uh, Missouri won yeah. the week. Who won the week? I think that when Medicaid expansion is implemented this Thursday, which it will be, even if you haven't funded it, Missourians won the week. I am going to say I think who won the week is Don Willie, retired after a lengthy career with the laborers, and while he does have to bear the burden of a cantankerous son-in-law, 
I look forward to seeing his retirement. I think you'll probably be able to see him at the lake a little bit more now often. We hope you'll win the week next week. Actually, not next week or the week after, but after two weeks off, we'll be back with This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics, sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank.